what people needed uh, before COVID isn't exactly what they need after COVID. And it's not specific to COVID, you know, it applies to mental health and it really applies to all of health. Welcome to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators reimagining the future of health. I'm Logan Plaster. This week, I wanted to take a break from our typical format and introduce you to four inspiring founders from the Startup Health family. This episode is excerpted from a stage discussion that was held at the Startup Health Festival in Miami Beach in March. You'll hear from Andre Diamond from Gray Oncology Solutions about how they're improving efficiency in cancer care. Jill Angelo from Genev talks about how they're improving women's health in their post-reproductive years. Yair Saperstein from AvoMD explains how his company is crowdsourcing knowledge in order to put the best decision support tools in the palm of every physician's hand. And finally, Tom Sang from Valera Health explains how his company is bringing comprehensive mental health services to the virtual health ecosystem. This session was hosted by my colleague Lauren Schaefer from Startup Health. I hope you enjoy. Tell uh, the audience who you are and, and what you're doing. Andre, I'll, I'll start with you. Sure, thanks. So my name is Andre Diamond. I'm, I'm the founder and CEO of Grand Oncology Solutions. And in a nutshell, we provide software that optimizes the patient flow through cancer centers. So really trying to connect the various silos within a cancer patient's journey and make sure that they're being treated as efficiently and as quickly as possible. Jill? I'm Jill Angelo. I'm the founder and CEO of Genev. And Genev is an online provider of menopause care for women and all of their post-reproductive care. So we have a team of telehealth um, OBGYNs, as well as health coaches. We're providing whole person care uh, for women going through this post-reproductive uh, transition of their lives. And Yair? I'm Yair Saperstein. I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of AvoMD. Uh, what we are is we're a no-code builder platform that allows for healthcare organizations to build decision support for their providers. And so, you know, provider groups are taking their clinical content and transforming it into this digital clinical consult or like a specialist at your side for their providers to standardize care. And we have uh, the associations and societies that are taking their guidelines and making them actionable through our platform. We have the pharma companies and med device companies that are also doing clinical trial management or getting involved on the provider side. Great. Tom? Hi, Lauren. This is Tom Tsang. I'm the co-founder and CEO for Valera Health, and we're a telemental health company that um, uses a much more comprehensive model, um, providing services to uh, ages six plus and up, so uh, six years old all the way up to 99. Um, but I think the most distinct feature is that we actually provide services for the severely mentally ill, so we provide services to the mild, moderate, as well as high acuity patients. And um, Tom, I'll start with you. As we're looking out of the, the last two years and coming out of the pandemic, I think mental health has obviously been a, a huge topic of conversation. How have you seen that uh, kind of impact what you're, you're building at Valera? And uh, in the last two years, what are the, the biggest lessons you're, you're walking away with? Yeah, uh, it's, it's been an incredible journey for us. And, um, you know, we started about five years ago as a, as a platform, as a SaaS platform. Mm -hmm. And we actually launched a telemental health service around July of 2020, right in the heart of like COVID. And we went from 
one provider to close to 430 providers now. And in 18 months, we've launched in seven states um, and we cover close to 30 million lives and we contract with 20 health plans. And so, um, you know, it's, we're at the right time, at the right place for this pandemic. And, and uh, we're just very, very fortunate to be there to help people. Um, and Yair, from the, the provider side, um, talk a bit about some of your learnings or uh, the, the you know, feedback you're um, taking in as, as you guys are continuing to iterate on what you're doing and, and how that's uh, been affected by the pandemic. Yeah, I think what people needed uh, before COVID isn't exactly what they need after COVID and it's not specific to COVID. You know, it applies to mental health and it really applies to all of health in that there is a need to be able to have information when you need it, but not just for those who have been involved in the organization for a long time, also for those who are joining the organization, you know, the extra providers that are coming in, in a way to really systematize and standardize across the organization. And it's not really just from the provider standpoint, you know, this is really from the society and medical association standpoint too. They want to be able to really standardize care with clinical guidelines. And once it reaches the organization standpoint, they want to add in their workflows for the providers. And from the provider standpoint themselves, you know, when you're working within a specific organization, you want to have access to the clinical content, but also the workflow elements, the algorithms. What am I supposed to do within this organization as I'm taking care of a patient? Thank you. Um, and Jill, as we're, we're now looking ahead and um, thinking of the next two plus years, um, what do you see as the, the biggest opportunities or uh, I want to say challenges, but as you're, we're, we're thinking positively here, the, the biggest areas of growth um, that you're seeing walking out of the last few years? Yeah, you know, I think um, obviously for us too, telemedicine really took off with COVID and the pandemic. So uh, for the first time, you know, we are creating a standard of care for women mm -hmm. in menopause. Every woman goes through this transition in her life. And so we're, we're trying to define what that standard of care looks like for her. So for the next two years, in terms of measuring actual health outcomes associated with that, and then getting the payer coverage for a part of women's health that's never been covered is really critical for us. That will unlock and open up the market and make this so much more available to women everywhere. Um, and so that's really the challenge. Um, so far, we are reporting um, patient reported outcomes. So 94% of our patients report an improvement in their symptoms as a result of working with one of our care providers. Um, but we obviously want to take that to clinical, uh, clinically backed outcomes and um, really move into the payer space. And have you seen it a change in um, willingness to uh, talk about that space, focus on that mm -hmm. space, the, the post-reproductive stage, I think you mentioned earlier as well as um, it's, it's not talked about often or hasn't been. And, and how have you seen that change, if at all, uh, throughout the pandemic? Yeah, it's changed a lot. It, you know, menopause, just me saying the word, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's a part of women's health that we as women or as girls, we don't have any education, let alone even physicians, you know, primary care physicians receive no education about menopause care. So even raising this standard of care, even from an education standpoint from the user and even from health professionals is a big part of our work. Mm -hmm. um, people are much more readily talking about menopause now, mm -hmm. um, but the way that we're also speaking about it, it is 
really the kickoff to the second half of life for a woman. And so there's so many other modalities that it impacts um, based upon how you care for yourself. It impacts your brain health, your long-term heart health, your long-term bone health, um, your mental health. Mm. And so it's really the whole person and it's a, a preventative measure as much as it is a real treatment for symptom relief. Thank you. Um, and Andre, I'd love to, to hear more from you on um, the side of, uh, as you're, you're looking ahead now, where do you, talking to an audience that, that has a general background in understanding of healthcare, what is something that they may not know um, about what you're doing, particularly as it relates to the cancer side of things and kind of the biggest area of education or growth ahead of you? Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of directions I, I could take that mm -hmm. question, but to keep it relatively succinct, I, I think it's kind of keeping the eye on the big picture. Um, and, and what I mean by that is it's really easy, particularly in a pandemic, to get caught up in sort of the fire on the ground directly in front of you mm -hmm. and sort of the siloed nature of healthcare and dealing with your specific silo. But really what we're looking to do is bring a lot of these silos together and not just iteratively improve the way that patients are treated, but really transform the way that cancer care is delivered in an integrated system. So kind of moving forward, and we're fortunate to have health partners who s sort of share this vision, is really to, to keep your eye on the long game and mm -hmm. realizing that there, there's a chronic condition being kind of just healthcare inefficiencies in general, but particularly cancer. And as these cancer cases continue to skyrocket over the next couple of decades, uh, in addition to the backlog created from the pandemic, we just need a much more connected system that, that can be substantially more efficient. And as, as an entrepreneur, you're likely probably one of the, at the forefront of that type of thinking. Um, how have you found, as you're looking to bring in all these, break down the silos and, and bring everyone together from that integrative approach, uh, how is uh, lessons from, from those conversations, any yeah. best practices on, on that? Yeah, I, I think uh, to, to kind of go back to the fire in the backyard analogy, what, what we are finding is that it's easier if you're also helping with the fire in the backyard. So if you're ignoring, mm -hmm. if you're ignoring that fire and just looking at the big picture, it can be very difficult for people to think or care about what you're doing because you know, what keeps them up at night is what's right in their backyard. So really what we're trying to do is sort of each piece of our puzzle, even though they all connect together, is they all still act as, if need be, an independent module that hopefully will address your particular issues in radiation oncology or an in infusion, even though the bigger picture is, is sort of a one plus one is three type thing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, yeah. I think, the best lesson in terms of making sure that we do still address those issues and uh, obviously that flows into marketing and kind of how we message the entire product. Yeah, yeah, a lot of like, dynamics there. Um, yeah, you're kind of going off of, of the same thread is you're um, working with providers and, and patients um, on the, the virtual consultation side. How are you um, seeing it, the, the, the change happen or what are you seeing as the biggest value drivers currently to um, making this something that will be ubiquitous throughout systems? There needs to be both the user that's excited as well as the buyer that's excited. And so there's a distinction between the user and the customer. And so, you know, for our platform, where there is the user that's actually engaging with the decision support system, you know, or this virtual clinical consult, they need to have a good user experience. They need to actually have fun with it and save time with it and realize that they're delivering good care with it. So we have the provider support. 
And then for the institutions, you know, they need to get value out of it too. For them, it's really more about the analytics that they're seeing and the outcome metrics that they're able to glean from it. And so we have their support also. And so it's really being able to think about both of those sides uh, as you pursue it, especially if you have different users and customers and they're not the same person. Yeah. Um, and then Tom is, the, the incredible growth you've had that you were mentioning earlier in, in the last two years, um, what do you, if you could ask uh, your, your biggest kind of need, or if you had one ask for anyone in the audience, anyone that will end up listening to this, whether it's an investor, a partner, a team, a mentor, what is uh, that, I know it's a huge question, but what is that one ask, uh, kind of the, the biggest priority for you right now? Um, I would say look at our unique value proposition is in that one, we um, see the SMIs, we don't turn those patients away just like many other companies do. Um, two is we, we're kind of like a one-stop shop because we see such a broad range. And three is this, you know, our maniacal focus on quality. Take a look at those value propositions, come partner with us, come, you know, call me up, email me, whatever, and, and, uh, and we'll figure something out and love to work with anyone in the audience. And uh, the, the SMIs and, and um, your, your focus on that is being key differentiator. Tell me the story behind that. Why was that something that was so important um, for you mm -hmm. to make sure was included in Valera? We want to be a company that actually provided you know, a service to, to vulnerable populations that didn't have services. There are a ton of companies, mental health companies out there, um, taking care of the mild, um, taking care of the worry well, and we wanted to make an impact and we saw a completely white space that no one else was touching and during the pandemic we there i can tell you you know tragic story and sad story and sad story of patients just not getting the care that they really needed um just because they they couldn't find it and we did analysis of our patients and 40 percent of our visits are actually taking place in what the federal government called, you know, healthcare provider shortage areas. So it's it's yes, it's a telemental health service, but these patients live in rural areas and um, that otherwise would not be seeing like a child psychiatrist. There's a, a dearth of child psychiatrists, and we're providing care. Um, we also have 51% of our patients coming from BIPOC communities and LGBT communities. So, I mean, can you imagine that we're providing 51% of our, our patients identify as minorities, and that's huge. And again, that's also us being sensitive to the need out there and providing a, uh, an impact. So um, I would say, like, you know, I think those differentiators in addition to the SMI piece is so critical. Yeah, great. Um, and, and Jill, following off of that, you mentioned earlier um, as the what you're building at Genev and, and working with women um, in menopause and how that affects so many other areas of their health and it, it all ties back together. Um, as we're, we're talking about mental health, um, what do you see as the um, kind of biggest drivers for uh, success of, of Genev and um, whether that's partnering with, with other startups in the, in the space or um, you know, the, the continuum of care of women's health? Would love to, to kind of uh, hear a bit about your um, excitement and, and where you see the, the biggest areas of growth um, from that perspective. 
You know, I think more than anything, we tend to think about women's health just as reproductive health, mm -hmm. and there's a lot more to us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think uh, heart disease and, you know, women dying of a heart attack uh, later in life, you know, it just mirrors men's, if not, it grows even more so. Women get Alzheimer's at a higher rate, and that's all really very much related to, you know, the changing hormonal structure that's happening in our bodies through menopause. And so, uh, I only see us growing older with women. So, you know, most of our patients are 40s and 50s. We, I see myself, or, or I see our company growing older with women, but really um, taking care of the whole person and giving her that roadmap so that she's not having to navigate between a cardiologist mm -hmm. or a neuroscientist or, you know, a bone doctor or even an autoimmune specialist. She needs someone who's thinking about the whole her and, um, and that's really where I see the greatest opportunity is. So partnering with specialists in those areas to create the most amazing women's health platform mm -hmm. is just like our vision. Uh, and then getting payers to reimburse for that and getting employers as well to recognize that um, their 40 and plus population of workers, there's 15 million professional women covered under health insurance in this country mm -hmm that are not getting care in this particular area. So two big, two big, you know, two big areas for sure. <laughs> Opportunities. Um, and, and as we wrap up here, I'd love to, to hear from each of you. Stefano had a, a magic wand up here earlier. I don't have that, but um, would love to, to, to hear about, think, let's, 20 years from now, um, what is the, the impact that you have had as an entrepreneur, your company has had? Very blue sky, big vision. Would love to, to hear the, the long-term impact. Tom, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, we want to give access to 100 million Americans. We're very close on that journey. We're giving access to 30, 30 million covered lives. And so we're soon reaching 100 million in just probably within five years. As the no-code platform for building decision support apps, we are used by every health tech company, hospital, and pharmaceutical and med device company for actually building and maintaining their library of decision support. Mm. Jill? At the age of 45, every single woman gets her menopause checkup. We call it the M check. Just like you get your mammogram, your colonoscopy, it's that routine. Every single woman is getting her M check. And Andre? Ours is, is having a platform that truly operates as an operating system for all of healthcare. And, and really transforms the way that logistics are handled, mm -hmm. not just within a single building, but uh, across, I'm from Canada, but across the whole world, let's say. Thank you. Well, that um, wraps us up for our panel today. I wanna thank each of you um, for being here with us and um, we'll give them all a round of applause and uh, everyone can um, meet you guys all at the Startup Health Pavilion and, and throughout the rest of the week here. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. Startup Health invests in health transformers from around the world who are committed to achieving audacious health moonshots. If you want to learn how you can join this community of entrepreneurs, or if you want to connect with one of our 380 companies, go to StartupHealth.com. If you'd like to learn how you can invest in our Health Moonshot Impact Fund in collaboration with AngelList, go to HealthMoonshots.com. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back next week.